I remember driving home on the freeway, screaming as loud as I could with the windows rolled up. Somehow, it felt better to just scream. Welcome to the Only Child Diaries podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Wallace. Have you ever felt like you didn't receive the how-to brochure on life? That you didn't get enough guidance about major life issues? So did I. You don't have to be an only child to feel this way. In my podcast, we'll explore some of the best ways to better navigate adulting while doing so with humor and light. Welcome everyone to the Only Child Diaries podcast. Today, I'm going to talk about surgery. I recently decided to have knee surgery and that's coming up in the not-too-distant future. It got me thinking about my surgery experiences and how I've dealt with the lead-up and the pain. I mean, the aftermath (laughs) of each one. My first surgery was in 2001, just after 9-11. What a month. We had started out September that year in Las Vegas, for one of our usual trips. We returned, and a few days later, 9-11 happened. It was a lot to take in. By the end of the month, one night I wasn't feeling well. I knew right away that something was different, something was wrong, and I would need medical assistance. I wasn't exactly sure what was going on, though. My abdomen was uncomfortable but in a new and unique way. Finally, we were at the ER. It was early on a Saturday morning, and I had been looking forward to going to the barn that afternoon and having my usual writing lesson. Well, that wasn't going to happen. After some pain meds, thankfully, and some tests, a doctor walked in and told me, that I would be staying with them, Hmm. that my gallbladder was full of stones and I would need it removed. Wait, what? Now, always being one to try thinking outside of the box and questioning whether or not I could take a natural path, I thought maybe I could get out of surgery and resolve this somehow on my own. (laughs) Yeah, right. Interestingly enough, both my mom and her mom had their gallbladders removed. A family, female, failing. Mm. I remember asking one of the other doctors, once I settled in a hospital room, what caused this. He told me that I had the three F's. What were the three F's? I asked. Was it because I was female? I didn't get that lucky. He replied, 40, fair, and fat. Well, thanks. Yes, I would be turning 40 in the coming months. Already a tough milestone, right? Don't make it harder. Yes, I'm a blonde. But fat? I don't know if I would say fat. 
maybe slightly overweight, well-nourished, as the doctor's notes sometimes read, fat. Geez, that's kind of harsh, isn't it? Couldn't he just say it ran in the family? Anyway, that was back in the day when you would stay in the hospital after surgery. I think I was there for three or four days. Amazing. I even got to eat hospital food. It wasn't too bad. Well, I was on pain meds. I had a good run there, but then towards the end of 2012, ironically in October, so it was the same time of year, maybe there's a surgery season, I ended up having surgery again. Several weeks prior, my husband and I were at the barn one night, and I started having this really intense pain in my abdomen. It was so bad, I was having trouble doing anything or really just thinking. So I told him I would go sit in the car. I'm usually the driver, but I was completely unable to drive, so Bill ended up driving us home. Once we got there, I laid on the bed, and after a while, I felt somewhat better. The next day, it was gone. And that's how it would go. I would be okay for several days or even a week, and then all of a sudden, I would have a really intense pain in my abdomen. It didn't seem to have any rhyme or reason. I spoke with my doctor on the phone and explained it to him, but he didn't really have any ideas. Since it was intermittent, he said, that it would be hard to diagnose. I could go to the ER. I remember getting off the phone with him and throwing up. Sometimes pain will do that to you. One of the low points was getting the pain at work one day. Wow, it was excruciating. Kind of like having a knife in your side and then someone twisting it. But my job at the time was fast-paced and always busy, so I remember staying there for a time and finishing up some work. I was always hardcore. <laughs> I closed my door and tried laying on the floor. This didn't work. I remember walking into my boss's office and we were talking about something. And all the while, I wanted to just scream in pain. I was probably sweating. I told her that I was suffering and wanted to go home. And then I made the long walk to my car. Downtown LA means a lot of walking. Finally, I was driving home. Now, previously, I told you that I was in so much pain during the first occurrence that Bill had to drive. Well, I had no choice this time. I guess I could have taken a taxi or an Uber. Uber had only just started in LA about six months prior, and I don't remember that being something I was doing yet. Anyway, I remember driving home on the freeway, screaming as loud as I could with the windows rolled up. Somehow, it felt better to just scream. 
I called my doctor's office and asked for an appointment. I could see him the next afternoon. I wasn't sure how he would diagnose this, but what did I have to lose? <laughs> In the meantime, I was able to manage, and my bunny, Holly, at the time, was going to go into the vet the next morning for dental surgery. This was always a stressful thing for me. Would she come out of the anesthesia? Would she be okay? Would she be able to eat right away? Bunnies are such sweet little creatures, but so very delicate. After I left her at the vet, I headed over to my doctor's office. It started the usual way. Take my vitals, put the gown on, get on the table and wait for the doctor. I wasn't in pain that day. He came in and we were talking and he said he should see if he could feel anything going on out of the ordinary. I laid down on the table on my back and he started feeling around my slightly overweight gut. No six-pack abs for me. I'll never forget the look on his face. All of a sudden, his eyes got really big. He stepped away from me and he said, Oh, you have a hernia. You have to go right now and get this taken care of. This is a medical emergency. I was shocked. A what? How did I have a hernia? When something is medically wrong, things happen a lot faster. If you ask to see a doctor, sometimes it can take weeks. But if something is wrong with you and they know it, heaven and earth can be moved in a matter of minutes. My doctor went and got someone to start calling another doctor in the complex to see if I could go over to his office, a surgeon. Then they said the surgeon could see me. Go directly to his office. Don't stop. Don't pass go. My abdominal exam was repeated with the second doctor, except for the surprise factor. He said I would need to go over to the hospital and they could take me right away. Well, Holly was still at the vet and someone would need to pick her up soon. I was still waiting to hear how she was doing after the surgery. I told the doctor I wouldn't be able to have surgery that day. It would have to be the next day. I needed to pick up my bunny at the vet's office that night. He looked at me like I was crazy. Maybe it was because I wasn't in any pain that day, but I wanted to prepare myself and make sure that my beloved Holly was okay. This time, surgery was outpatient. That made it easier, right? At least that horrible pain would be gone. Bill was with me and also my best friend, Gina. They came into the pre-op area with me, which was very comforting. What wasn't comforting was when the nurse tried to start my IV. Even if I'm well hydrated, I've been told that I have tiny veins that roll. In layman's terms, 
it means that my veins are <laughs> shy. And so anything less than a truly experienced nurse will take that needle and be digging into my arm looking for the vein. After literally five tries and five cotton balls held on to both of my arms with tape, I looked like I was decorated with small pom-poms. A woman that seemed like the head nurse came up to check on me and said, oh, they didn't start your IV yet? And I brought my arms from under the blankets and showed her the cotton balls. She promptly came over and successfully started the IV, this time in my hand. <laughs> Thank God. Now, both my gallbladder and the hernia were done laparoscopically. And when they do this, they tell you it's easy. Well, easier than traditional surgery. Small incision. Yeah, right. It's still surgery. Huh. The thing they don't tell you about abdominal surgery is that they have to blow air into your body cavity to make it easier to work. So there's that. They don't squeeze the air out at the end before they sew you up. When I woke up and went home, I had that old familiar pain in my collarbone area. Oh, right. I remember that. And then there's just the pain. It's still surgery. It's still an invasion of your body. Oh, gosh. Okay, so after hernia surgery, they wait for you to wake up and then give you your crackers and juice and make you get up to pee. For whatever reason, they want to make sure you can pee before you go home. Here's where you realize your abdomen hurts. Huh. Hurts like hell. Kind of like you just did 5,000 sit-ups. Gina took one look at me, looked at the nurses, and said, shouldn't she stay overnight in the hospital? I guess that meant I looked pretty bad. I think... Unless I had blood pouring out of me, they weren't ready to keep me. I was on the conveyor belt to go home as quickly as possible. I was then poured into the car and we were on our way. They send you home with a paper that says, be a partner in your own recovery. Then it explains that the more you walk, the sooner you'll be better. Okay, I get it. It's true, but wow. Getting out of bed and those first steps, those first days. Wow, the pain. As I walked the hall of our apartment building, I kept muttering under my breath, be a partner in your own recovery. Be a partner in your own recovery. And a few choice curse words as well. The other bad thing was I couldn't watch any comedies on TV because laughing hurt a lot. The surgeon told me later that I didn't have a true hernia. It was a piece of fat. 
<laughs> there's that word again, stuck in between the walls of my abdomen. And it was probably a result of my gallbladder surgery. Then they place a piece of mesh in there to make sure other things don't just come jutting out again. I wondered, could we make it into like a kangaroo pouch? Could I carry things around? Thinking about my errant piece of fat, it must be some kind of strong mesh. Bill said when the surgeon came out to talk to him in the waiting room, his hair was a mess and he looked like he'd been wrestling with a gator or something big. The surgeon said that piece of fat that was stuck in there was tough to cut out. Well, good. I wanted to get my money's worth. A few years later, I ended up having my knee scoped. I had a torn meniscus. So they also cut out the damaged part. They don't fix a torn meniscus. What is the plural of meniscus anyway? Menisci? Anyway, Bill and I got there that day and were placed in a big room with all the other pre-op people waiting for their surgeries. For some reason, mine was delayed, and I watched as everyone went in for surgery, came out, and went home. I was there kind of early, but I was taken almost last. The room was almost empty. Did they realize I hadn't eaten in a long time? By the time I woke up, they gave me the juice and crackers, and then I promptly threw up all over the gurney and the floor. Oh, yay. Then they wanted me to pee. My knee was feeling a little swollen, but off I went to the bathroom with two women who helped me. I was so tired of the whole thing and sick to my stomach, I started peeing in front of them, something I'd never done before. I was supposed to get a disc with a video of my surgery, but they somehow just lost it because being last, everyone went home. Well, I had a photo of my gallbladder. Why not a video of my knee? I just don't think it's going to get picked up as a series. <laughs> Maybe someone stole it and tried to make it go viral on YouTube. It didn't take. When we arrived, we left the car with the valet guys, but we were there so long, the valet team had gone home. So poor Bill had to walk all over trying to retrieve our keys. Another stellar experience. My last surgery was on election day. About a month before, in October, yes, surgery season, I had started having horrible pain in my side. The kind of pain where I was screaming again, loudly. My husband and our cat were just watching me roll around the apartment screaming at the top of my lungs, and they were holding each other. It's a wonder that police didn't show up to do a welfare check. Once again, bad pain. I mean, this was the worst pain. For this procedure, they would zap the stones with shockwaves. The staff named the procedure the wave. 
I mean, that's what you want to hear when you go into surgery. A cute name for your procedure, right? The thing was, it was the height of COVID. So I had to go into the surgery center all by myself. I felt like a takeout order, dropped at the curb, picked up at the curb. It felt lonely. I get nervous enough with surgery, but to go in alone, the ultimate only child reliance test. Now, at least this time, they hadn't opened up my abdomen, but they had placed a stent in my ureter. And whereas everyone I knew who had a similar procedure had theirs maybe a week or possibly two weeks, I had mine in for four straight weeks. It burned, it pinched, it was horrible. Every time I peed, I kind of yelled a little, but then I just started singing, anything to distract my brain. After they pulled it out, and I won't go into the gory details of that day, but it was like 10 inches long. Hmm. It felt like they had used sandpaper. Just remember, if you're at risk of kidney stones, drink your water. You don't want to bring on any of this if you can help it. Oh, and here again, heredity had a hand in it. Both my parents had a history of kidney stones. So stay tuned about my knee surgery adventure. I'm sure it will be another stellar experience. I want to make sure I don't dissuade anyone from having surgery, though. Even though there were little bumps in the road for some or all of my procedures, in the end, I'm glad I had each one of them because it really did help me to feel better in the end. That's all I've got for today. Join me next week for another brochure on life. I hope you'll join me. If you like this episode, please follow the Only Child Diaries podcast on Apple Podcasts or other platforms you might listen on. And consider rating Only Child Diaries and writing a review. It helps others to find us. Please share it with a friend you think might like it as well. Visit my Instagram page, Only Child Diaries, or Facebook, Only Child Diaries Podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Tracy Wallace, and these are the Only Child Diaries.